Yow. As we get into SFS news flash. You know, sometimes, well, I'm not a good guy to kick in philosophy, even though I live by my philosophy, SFS. And I try to listen to as many self-help books about how to deal with uh, pressure, pain, disappointment, um, just how to uh, calm myself down and, uh, you know, be with life, basically. Like Zen, you know, be in Zenal, if you know what I mean. Uh, meditate. Um, yes, I do meditate four times every day. But with these, I'm not saying do not read self-help books. Because sometimes they work. But what self-help books do is only give you the knowledge. They don't can't just sit there and listen to a self-help book and then think you're going to change by just listening to it and knowing what to do you've got to do it you've got to make that step like i've got to do it i've got to make that step and people that are you know down and need to listen to these self-help books whether what whatever you want to fucking do whether you want to be successful or what the fuck ever whether you want a simple, peaceful life, fucking whatever you want to be, you don't even have to, you know, some people don't want to be much. So, you know, satisfied with just uh, living or, you know, after a while, they accept the circumstances. So there's that, there's acceptance, you know, that you got to live by, you got to live by that shit every day, you got to, you know, otherwise you just go crazy. Whatever situation you're, you're in, you gotta accept that this is the situation today. And what I um step by step you just gotta take every fucking day, every moment at a time in my just the way I think. You should plan ahead, but a goal is not to be reached, to be set not to be reached. And every single day, step by step, every single day you have to um put in effort to achieve that goal but step by step each day and not being getting stuck with it not saying not looking at the big picture like you look at the big picture when you're meditating or whatever but you've got to understand and accept your circumstances and step by step small steps whatever step is fitful as long as it's a small step and just keep on doing them steps yeah, there's going to be times, and it's happened with me, where I've made loads of steps. And then, something will happen, or something might not even happen. You just might not, you're not, you might not feel that much, uh, feel like something, you know. You, you feel uneasy, you don't feel right sometimes, and you can just go down a couple of steps. But it's not continuing to go down, even though you're going up them steps each day. By day, by living in the moment and acting on what you want to do each day. And it's got to be each day. You can't look at it and say, this is, you know, this is what's going to happen in a year. Because you don't know what's going to fucking happen. You live each day by each day, you know, with the experience. And uh, that's something, that's why I love Bruce Lee's philosophy. Like, because... 
you can't be on autopilot thinking about your dreams or whatever, worrying about things bad that's going to happen or good that's going to fucking happen. It's like you've got to accept this is how you feel each day and each moment. Now, you're not going to feel fucking good all 24-7. That's impossible. You cannot feel good 24-7. But, um, you know, there's going to be days where you feel bad, but if you can make... I think I've worked that out. If you can make the days that you feel bad and keep going and don't just sit there and think, fuck it, or go off on one and actually continue doing what you're doing, even though... Everything's not going your way. Anything's not going to plan. And all that motherfucking shit. Um, But you keep doing what you're doing. Even though you're going through all this bullshit during the day. You keep moving. Then that's going to get you further. Whether how far it gets you. You don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You know. You ain't in control of a lot of shit. A lot, you know, a world war could happen, you could, you know, anything could fucking happen, but what I'm saying is, that is the most important thing, is, you know, a lot of things ain't, you don't plan out a day like, I've got to do this then, got to do this now, then, because you're just fucking living some oblivion, and be disappointed, you just got to take each step by step, moment by moment, and see where it, see where you go. But yeah, you make those long-term goals, but it's got to be step-by-step each fucking day. And there's some days where you're going to feel like shit, and you're going to think why, and you're going to be beat up yourself. Like, why the fuck do I feel this way? Why am I feeling anxious about being anxious? Why am I feeling fucked up about being fucked up? Why Why am I feeling like all like this motherfucking shit? Like, what? why am I not motivated? Um, and all that if you just sit there and say that to yourself and then let you get yourself angry or avoid shit either fear, anger and let that control you and manipulate you then you're going to stay in that fucking rut there's going to be days even when you've gone up so many steps and you're close to your goal you've gone from this to this and you, whatever you're doing you know your goal's coming true, you've made step by step, even for a year, or two years, and there'll be days where you get knocked down, where you won't feel like doing anything, and you can easily go back into that fucked up situation, what I'm saying is, when you're in that fucked up situation, if you keep moving, and don't get caught up in it, that's when you'll start making progress, like... It's like fucking MMA fighters, like, fucking, all successful fucking people, really. Not even successful people. People that are satisfied with their lives, basically. Um, You know, most people, really, the best thing to be satisfied with your life is basically feeling healthy and living in a healthy environment and, you know, make sure you get enough exercise and... You know, you have enough money so you're not fucking worried about it. This this thing about being fucking rich and all that shit. I mean, yeah, it's not nice to be rich, but satisfied with having money so you don't have to worry about it, basically. You don't have to worry about all your bills and bullshit. You're not in a life that you don't want to be in, you know. 
prison, on drugs, whatever. That type of lifestyle you want to stay away from. But, you know, that's how successful people fucking do. They don't... F There's days where they feel, feel like shit, you know. Like, even the toughest fucking MMA fighter, like uh, GSP or someone like that, or even Khabib will have days where he feels just like as weak and vulnerable as any fucker would. But the point is, he knows how to get through it. He just brings himself and makes that step up each fucking day. And that's why he is where he is, like some other people. But you can't just listen to a self-help book and all this self-help shit and just sit there and meditate. Even though it's good to, it's good to meditate because... If you're going through all that fucking... There's loads of things that are bothering you or whatever. Like, there's loads... You know, it's just good to switch off for 10, 20 minutes during the day. Then uh, switch off in other ways like getting high and taking all types of shit like I used to do. So that that's better than that. But that's all i got to say. It's self-help books. You, all they give you is the knowledge. They don't. They cannot change you. They just give you the knowledge. Of what to do. And uh, you have to do that. And it won't take overnight. It, you know. It takes time. Bit by bit. Step by step. You've got to take each day at a time. And learn acceptance. Of how you feel. This is how I feel. Do not try and feel another way. Because if you do that. And say. Oh, I'm feeling all, all fucking tense and agitated and angry. I must calm myself down. You won't. It'll take longer to fucking calm down, seriously, than if you just say, right, I'm feeling like this, and unconsciously just don't give a fuck about what you're feeling, and um, it'll go away. That's how, I, that's how I think, anyway. But what do I fucking know? That's just a bit of philosophy kicking by the old duck G to the fucking E. Because I've been waiting in for a fucking post. I was supposed to view this fucking house today. So I just felt like, fuck it, I'm not doing anything today. Don't even feel like going out. Got waiting for this post. All morning. I didn't go out all morning. And yeah, you're going to feel tired if you're stuck waiting for things. But, um, decided, fuck it, I'll go out, have a walk, meditate, and now I feel a little bit better. I won't feel fucking, um, I don't feel accelerated or riveting. You know, are euphoric, but uh, you're not going to feel that all the time. And that's how I used to want to feel all the fucking time. I'd always want that quick fucking high. I always want to feel fucking good or any time I felt angry, I'd always want to fucking hit somebody just to feel better. Or any time I felt bored, I'd want to go and take drugs or do something fucking crazy. And that's a lot of people with ADHD and... Uh, my type of problems do. 
But they are ways. They are ways to get through it. And that's by flowing like water. Bruce Lee's philosophy is the way. That probably the best help way. There's loads of self-help people. A lot of self-help people Bruce Lee got his stuff from. Like the good one is Alan Watts. And uh, the the book The Tao of uh, Zen. I'm not saying be a Buddhist. Because I ain't religious. So I ain't going to be no Buddhist or Buddhist monk. That's not. But I take pieces from that. To create my own shit. As an individual. And yeah when I say Satan. You might think I mean the fucking devil. No I don't mean that. I mean I believe in some higher power. Because I've got to whether it's real or not. But I ain't going to believe in a fucking God. That everyone else believes in. Who's controlling me. Who I, I've got to live by certain things. And knowing. But. God and there's, a, there's supposed to be only one God and people fighting all over it and all these rules and how it to control it's just like the Illuminati I've just studied it it's all about fucking like the Illuminati and like how we're controlled in this world so that's why I'm just not for religion I, I try and best I'm not going to go to extremes and say oh I'm going to see a fucking Christian or uh, Muslim and start fucking beating them up for nothing because I don't think feel that think that way I just think I just think basically the sheep they're followers they're not looking at themselves as the individuals they think that God is going to save them from everything you know God is going to save you from this and that and make your life better you know and for me that that's not it that's for me no and uh I'm not going into it because I've been into it before. But I said I'm Satan because Satan does not say I'm your higher power. He says I grant you the power to do what you need to do scientifically and you're your own messiah. So Satan's very close to things like Zen and all that philosophy if you study certain parts of it. I just find like Satan um, believers are like uh, Richard the Ramez who took Richard Ramez weren't a proper Satan um, believer. What he did is he got confused with the Bible's version of Satan, and basically he was controlled by God. He was not controlled by Satan. Because he took the Bible's version of Satan, which is false. Because the Bible's been written so many fucking times. So that's all I've got to say about that. Now let's get into the news of the day. No, I ain't dug at the dark film, motherfucker. The Manchester Evening News. What's the point of buying a paper when you can just read all the fucking news on Google? Or whatever fucking news outlet you want to read. Police want to speak to three men after a man's front teeth. 
knocked out in brutal attack. The victim was punched and kicked numerous times. Very simple. But footage has been released as three men want to speak after brutal assault in Moss Side. Moss Side used to be like the Bronx of uh, the UK. I don't know if it still is now, but it used to be like the Bronx of the UK, basically. Very, very rough, rough place. Very fucked up place. One place that you do not want to go at night time. The victim's front teeth were knocked out while he was punched and kicked repeatedly in the middle of the afternoon on Claremont Road. That used to be a history of a lot of gang activity. But shootings would happen there every night just as they would do in um, any major city like in America like the Bronx and shit like that. He then stumbled across the road where he collapsed. The victim was taken to hospital but has recovered from his injuries. I think Moss Side's cleaned up because they've got rid of... There used to be a gang in Moss Side called the Gooch. And they controlled everything. They terrorised everything. They fucking... Went to nightclubs and fucking started every fucking nightclub. Took over every nightclub, every bucky. Bucky's, um... Controlled all the fucking drugs trade. Um... Controlled basically every... All the businesses, like... It started every businesses to pay in protection money... Throughout the area and right in the heart of Manchester City Centre, all the posh nightclubs did start them and take it over by force. But um, I think yeah, all the, all them guys are in jail now. So that um, I think um, it was in the early two uh, thousands, kind of uh, wheeled down. So it's not as bad as it used to be. It's cleaned up. But um, still, there's violence in it. And uh, most most people are Jamaican blacks there, but there's whites as well. And Cheatham Hill is probably just as bad as Moss Side. There's whites and blacks both involved. So it's not a race thing, really. It's just a money and power thing. As a, On the same night, or this night, the man got out of hospital as he got kicked and sh shot the guy outside a pub. At 12 o'clock but no one died so what not very interesting news I mean it is interesting news but it isn't like whoa 12 people got shot to dead in a school or a gangland murder happened and 50 mafia people are dead and all that shit Oh, Gaza. Paul fucking Gascoigne. What has that fucking cunt done now? Paul Gascoigne, a legend in football. His career highlight is when he kicked the ball over the head of a Scotland defender and smashed it right into the right bottom corner in Euro 96. Paul fucking Gascoigne, one of the greatest players that ever played for fucking England. But... He's got a bit out there. One mention, this guy called Raoul fucking Moat. 
Um, basically, you'd like a bit like uh, thought he was Billy the Kid or some guy like that. I thought he was Rambo. Did some dumb shit. He basically had a vendetta against police. So, if you have a vendetta against police and you want to kill the police, why are you going to shoot one of them and then phone the police station and said, I just shot one of your cops. You're going to all have to come after me because I ain't going to stop killing all of you until I'm dead. I mean, that's a, that's a sign that that guy has fucking lost it. Like, that guy is super fucking sidle on the sidle. And he, only, he didn't even kill the cop. He just blinded him. Because um, he hated cops. If you watched the movie The Blitz, he should have watched that movie. I'm not, I'm not saying what he did was alright, I'm just saying. Right, if you watch The Blitz, the guy does it. There's a guy who masks up and calls the cops to a certain area. Whether it's two or one of them, sometimes one will show up and then shoots them. And then leaves with no evidence, no trace. I mean, if he had the right type of mind, he should have done it that way. Instead of in the fucked up way. Where, obviously, you ain't gonna beat you, even though you're a big man with a shotgun. Ain't gonna fucking beat a thousand or plus fucking cops with fucking machine guns. There's no fucking way. You cannot win. You ain't a fucking superhero. No matter how much you're delusional or... Delirious you were at the time. You ain't no fucking superhero. But yeah, the story about Paul Gascoigne being into this because when he was on this bank, I think it was in Rothby, he was on this bank with a shotgun pointing to his head, and loads of all the police were pointing all these machine guns at him. And Paul Gascoigne knew this guy, Raul Moat, from a nightclub where he used to be a bouncer at. So he, he barely knew him, basically, but he heard on the radio about that. And he started going on the radio saying, Oh, I knew the guy, the guy's a sorted guy. I knew him from back in the days, my man. So he turns up with some fishing chips and a fucking fishing rod. And says, Hey, it's me, Gaza. Remember me, it's Gaza. Come on, don't do anything stupid. I got a fucking fishing rod. <laughs> some fishing chips. And obviously he was pissed out of his fucking head at the time. <laughs> he just went right up to him as the police were pointing guns and <laughs> trying to calm him down. Like, what the fuck? The guy's fucked up. So yeah, that's uh, Paul Gascoigne. He's been a bit fucked up over the years. But he's funny. But this is another chapter of his craziness. Former... England footballer Paul Gascoigne has been charged with sexually assaulting a woman on a train. On a public train. See, the guy just don't give a fuck. Never did, never will. The 50-year-old is alleged to have committed the offence on a service from York to Durham on the 20th of August, British Transport Police said. We have... He was arrested at Durham Station and later charged with one count of sexual assault by touching. A man is due to appear in court next month charging connection with sexual assault of a woman on board on a train from York to Durham. So what did he do then? He was charged via postal requisition with one count of sexual assault by touching. Basically... I think what he did is he was sliding past, the train was probably packed, 
And he saw a nice fit girl with a nice ass, and he probably thought, hmm, let me have a grab of that, probably. And then she realised. Then she realised, oh, you fucking bastard, doing that, and got uncomfortable. And... Yep, <sighs> that's how it seems to have gone down. Fuck X Factor. Never fucking watched it, never will. Cheryl Cole. No, I've heard that name a lot. She used to be in a group called, what is it? Pop group, Girls Aloud. I mean, when I was very young, I'd listen to that, but it's not my cup of tea. But Cheryl Cole is very famous in, I think she's very famous in this country because of the X Factor and that other dickhead. Who's that dickhead who runs it? Simon Fuck You Cow. He's a prick him. I watched it, I watched it one season and I just thought, what a fucking prick. Who the fuck would want to go in there? Because even if you win the fucking competition, people that have won that competition, they don't even get music contracts. It's like tough enough in WWE. Like, yeah, you go through this competition. And all that shit. But you ain't gonna be no... There's no fucking legendary singers that'll come out of X Factor. The best way to fucking do it is by doing it. Going in a studio, putting your shit down. Not going to these big records executives trying to fucking... Convince them. I mean, you're just selling your shit out. You you know, you ain't starting from ground zero. You know, it's based on... And uh, when I watched the fucking program, I was, I was amazed at... There was one person who got eliminated really early that I thought would definitely win. And then the one that won was like, what the fuck are you doing? fucking shit. He's just, he's, you know, he's just fucking like some Gareth Gates fucking guy. But anyway, returning from X Factor, Cheryl put on an outrageous display as she gyrated on stage with hunky male dancers. Furious X Factor fans were disgusted by Cheryl's X-rated performance on tonight's results show and not just because of the awful vocals. Never heard her sing. I've heard, I heard the group, the sound of the underground. But I don't know if that was her voice or someone else. The former judge returned to the X Factor studio seven years after leaving the hot seat for her first stage performance in four years. Geordie Singer, 35, may have misjudged her audience for pre-washed gig as viewers slammed her for putting an outrageous display for the family show. Well, yeah, it's a family show. Cheryl, who is mother to a baby bear. A bear? What? A fucking bear? Started by crawling on the floor while licking her hand in some bizarre scenes. Well, I might check that out. See how nice it looks, right? It looks. She ain't that fucking fit, no. It's just a bit. I ain't saying no bad about her. But she ain't no, uh. Tony Braxton! Come on now. She then started gyrating on stage with a dozen honky male dancers. Some hairy ass, fucking. grizzly bear fucking looking guys. Singing her new track, Love Made Me Do It. Hmm, interesting. 
One direction. Oh, fuck them. I'll slap one of them if I ever saw them. Just for fucking existing, stupid bastards. For looking... They'll be fired for looking damn stupid. Who's close friends with her... Oh. Anyway, fucking move on. Fuck that shit. Here we go, some of my news. Dana White wants Daniel Cormier to put off the retirement plans for a trilogy with John Jones. Fuck that, man. John Jones, fucking fight Brock Lesnar. Daniel Cormier, he'll just ruin his legacy, like I said before. But here we go. Daniel Cormier has pretty adamant about his plans to retire next year. He's going to be a Terry Funk of uh, UFC. But UFC president Dana White is hoping he can make Cormier an offer the two-weight world cha champion can't refuse. Earlier this year, Cormier set a hard date for his retirement for the sport. He said March 2019 when he turns 40 years old and all indications have been set he tends to stick to that. But after moving back up the heavyweight to claim his second title and become the only second ever UFC double champ, it's clear that Cormier still has plenty of fight left in him, at least. That's what Dana White's hoping for. As Dana White is, I don't know. Cormier's last fight will be next year. He told TMC, we don't know that either yet. I think Cormier's got a couple left in him. And while Com Cormier has held firm to his retirement plans, there's still plenty left in the tank. For one, he has planned a super fight with Brock Lesnar early next year when Lesnar becomes eligible to compete again. Then after that, there's a small matter of settling his issues with John Jones. Jones and Cormier share one of the biggest rivalries in UFC history. And Jones is making his return in the octagon in December to compete with the heavyweight, light heavyweight strap against Gustafsson. And uh, that's when Cormier will have to drop it. White hopes to capitalise if Jones wins. To stick around, for DC to stick around after March. Dana White says, I hope DC sticks around. That's what I would like. I don't know. Why the fuck would he want that, man? Because Cormier is like Dana White's main guy. He actually works within the company. He's a commentator. He's dead high up. He, he probably might be in Dana White's position one day. Or Dan, Daniel Cormier. You know, he's, he's not just a fighter in the company. He actually commentates, presents and does the behind the scenes stuff with the company so I don't know why the fuck Dana White would risk him going back to want him see fight John Cormier heavyweight, whether it's heavyweight or light heavyweight don't fucking matter I just do not think Cormier can take Jones unless Jones turns up fucking ill or something 
Even Kami's team wants him to. But Kami's team wants him to retire right now. They want him to retire right now and not even fight Lesnar. I hope we can get. What Dana White says, I hope we can get three more fights out of him. Cormier is currently riding high off his second round submission over Derek Lewis at USC 230 and is underwaving his determination to retire by match. Of course, all this hinges on if Brock Lesnar is unable to compete next year. And Lesnar is anything but a sure bet. But if Lesnar doesn't, then maybe... White will get the fight he wants to see after. He'd rather see fucking Jones beat the fucking shit out of Cormier. Cormier's fucking reputation goes down the toilet. And see a super match between fucking Lesnar and fucking Cormier. That's some stupid shit. That's some shit that's going to get Bellator's going to start kicking your motherfucking ass. Right, the last news. Ah, this is a chapo. You're the bad chapo Guzman. Ah, the biggest uh, trafficker, Coca-Cola trafficker in the world ever. El Chapo allegedly paid the former Mexican president six million in bribes while in office. Oh, I ain't surprised, motherfucker. That's all I got to say about that. The fucking Mexican government, the main fucking ones, man. Doing all of it. Well, no, US government what? But Mexican government probably worked for the US government. Jesus Zambada, the Sinaloa cartels, former accountant, is suspected to make claims during El Chapo Guzman's federal trial in Brooklyn this week. Oh, he's got another trial. It's pretty um modern day shit, you know, Guzman. I mean, he probably nearly exceeded uh, Escobar in one of the biggest uh, cocaine and drug traffickers in the world. I don't know if he exceeded him, but he's up there with Escobar. He's once like the 13 most richest guy in the world. Cause he's, uh... You can watch all about uh, Probably a lot of people already know about El Chapo. You can read the many books on him and there's Netflix, there's many series on him. I've watched a series on El Chapo. It's one of the best uh, programs on... Probably better than Narco, Narcos, in my opinion. Um, El Chapo. So, so series on El Chapo. It was up there with all the other great um, Netflix series like Breaking Bad and um, Dexter. One of my favourite ones and shit like that. But former President Anguero Pina Nieto denied he took any bribes from the cartel. Zambada revealed last week he also bribed prosecutors, police and military. We already fucking know this because it was already on the fucking program and in all the books that I did that. So he's just telling me things that I already fucking know. So this probably for a reader just doesn't know about much about El Chapo. El Chapo Guzman, Guzman allegedly played former president of Mexico at least six million in hush money, a former accountant from his cartel has claimed. Jesus Zambada is expected to reveal this week during Guzman's Brooklyn trial that former President Enrique Peña Nieto 
accepted millions from the notorious drug lord. The former Sinaloa cartel accountant said one of his activities was to corrupt authorities and the country's very own president was no different. Well, I already knew that. You'd already knew that if you watched the program. Nieto has denied taking bribes according to the New York Post. Zambada, brother of cartel's co-head Ismail Amayo Zambada, who remains at large, has been on the witness stands for Guzman's federal trial. On Thursday, he revealed he doled out huge bribes to Mexican prosecutors, police, military and even international criminal police organization to ensure smooth operations for his cartel. The bribes for officials in Mexico City were about 300,000 per month. He said Guzman once directed him to give 100,000 along with a hug a General Gilberto Tolando who was in charge of the state of Guerrero. He said I would go to import cocaine from Colombia for the state of Guerrero. And El Chapo told me, go and meet General Tondando, he my friend, and give him $100, $100,000 from me, Zambada recalled. Zambada also revealed how Guzman took great pleasure in horrendous murder of one of his longtime rivals. According to Zambada, in 2005, Guzman released in Details surrounding the 2002 killing of Ramon Alino Felix in Masitan, Mexico. The Tijuana cartel leader had been a long-time rival of Guzman. So when he was killed, it was said that Guzman had asserted that if anything had ever given him such much pleasure was to... I seen and done it myself and killed Ramon Alino in my own fucking hands. Attempts on Alino's life were said to have dated back to 1992. At the time, hitmen shot up a popular nightclub in Puerto Vallarta in an effort to kill him and his brother Benjamin Alino Felix. Arleno was said to have been hit in the gang war shootout. It is reported he died in his car. But according to Zambada, Guzman had the man surrounded by crooked cops and the man was shot while he tried to run to a hotel for safety. He said, they, they had stopped him with the policia and he didn't stop. He tried to get away. They shot him. They put a bullet straight in his fucking neck. He fell down dead. It wasn't exactly clear if Aleno was killed by crooked cops or hit men as a Spanish translator would use in the case. Zam Bada has also admitted to driving Guzman to Mexico City safe houses after his boss was busted out in prison in 2001. During that trip they had a paid policia escort. On Wednesday, Zambada has identified Guzman in the courtroom and told jurors he's one of the most powerful drug traffickers in Mexico history. 
Zambada, who is still in US custody, was given first of several corporations expected to give jurors an inside look at the cartel with legendary lust for drugs, cash and violence. The defence, which says Guzman is being framed, has described cooperating witnesses like Zambada as liars seeking to reduce their own sentences. Despite his diminutive stature and nickname that means shorty in Spanish, Guzman was once larger than life kingpin both feared and admired in Mexico. The defence has sought to counter that reputation by portraying him as a lesser figure in a drug gang. On Wednesday, federal prosecutors gave jurors a video tour of the sophisticated tunnel between Mexico and an Arizona warehouse that's across the border in the US that they said was used for speedy drug deliveries into the US. The warehouse was just two blocks from US Customs Office in the border of the city of Douglas. Yeah, man. I know that. But that is the end of the news flash. And that uh, pretty ends up uh, what I got to say. I go get into the audio book.